This show is pre-recorded and furnished by Frasier Productions. If you love them enough to sit through their favorite boy band with them, then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I love this song! I love nachos. Loving everything? You might be buzzed. You know what I'd love? A ride when it's time to head out. If you see a buzz warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is a message from Dr. Barbara Ferrer of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. One of the most powerful tools we have to slow the spread of COVID-19 is physical distancing. When you're out of your house, please stay at least six feet away from all other people and wear a cloth face covering. Learn more at publichealth.lacounty.gov. To learn more about how you can protect yourself from COVID-19, go to publichealth.lacounty.gov. Brought to you by the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. The Deciders with Renee Frazier. This is Renee Frazier, the founder and CEO of Frazier Communications. We're the leading woman-owned advertising and communications firm in Southern California, specializing in changing behaviors to positively impact society in both the private and the public sector. Most recently, we've been doing a lot of messaging around COVID-19 for the Department of Public Health, the L.A. County Department of Public Health, which includes social media, press releases, public service announcements. And as you know, on the show, The Deciders, I like to feature leaders, change agents, people with exciting and informative information that helps us better understand the world in which we operate. And we, as business leaders, uh, determine how we can operate better knowing the, um, the changes and the times of, uh, in the times around us. Needless to say, we are in a very difficult period with COVID-19 and the economic uh, turmoil that's been created. And very recently, of course, we have been going through civil unrest due to the unfair killing of George Floyd and many other black people at the hands of police. And this has caused a strong Black Lives Matter movement and a lot of uncertainty in the economy as well. It's interesting, we see a lot of protesters despite COVID-19 and social distancing, people who feel that it's important to express their views, even though they know their health may be in jeopardy. And I certainly salute them for sharing their views in a peaceful fashion. I want to now turn to an interesting uh, interview today with Jeff Horwood. He's a senior vice president at Heart Research Associate. In the midst of all of the uh, quarantining at home and the recent police killings and national demonstrations, his firm, Heart Research Associates in Washington, D.C., has been conducting national surveys for NBC and the Wall Street Journal to determine American opinions about these social and political issues. The most recent survey was conducted from May 20th to June 2nd and revealed some amazing perspectives Welcome to The Deciders, Jeff Horwitz. I'm delighted to have you with us today. Thank you so much, Renee. It's great to be back. Well, Jeff, let's begin with the uh, statistic 80%. 80% of Americans say the country is out of control. Uh, did that number surprise you? It did, and we did this poll for NBC News and the Wall Street Journal, along with our Republican counterparts' public opinion strategies. And it was it was a finding that 
was surprising because it's hard to get not many you know Americans to agree on anything these days. And so when you get a number where it's 80% overall and it's really, you know, majorities across the political spectrum, 92% of Democrats, 78% of independents, and 66% of Republicans who are all saying things are out of control, that really is a really profound statement about how uneasy uh, Americans are about uh, the direction of the country and what's going on. Just to be clear, too, your your firm has generally been associated with uh, Democratic uh uh, polling, and so as you mentioned, there's another firm that has a more Republican uh, bias, and so you both are doing polling, and they're contrasting the results. Is that right? That is correct. That is correct. Yeah. Yes. So we're getting uh, both perspectives, and I, I know having had you on the show before, you give a very balanced, thoughtful perspective, and I, I truly appreciate that. I think that uh, when we look at this, 80 percent of people saying and uh, out of control. What are the reasons why that they're saying that? What, what did you discover in the poll that gives you some understanding of the rationale and the concerns people have? Well, it's, I mean, it's a number of things. I mean, I think it is. We, we were interviewing in the middle of uh, the beginnings of the of the protests and more of a movement around uh, uh, treatment of African Americans uh, by police and also broader questions about uh, systemic racism in, in, in society. Um, so, you know, that plays a part in this, as well as, um, you know, we, we have the, that situation along with uh, COVID-19 and along with just a, a country where we're very divided. So there are all these sort of uh, issues, you know, playing a role here. Um, and, um, and I think those are all, all factors in where people uh, view their concerns about what's going on. And, you know, in fact, we did ask, uh, you know, a question in the survey, which was what concerns you more, um, the actions of, 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 of the police uh, in, in, in related to George Floyd's death or uh, the protests that have turned violent uh, in reaction. And here, um, you know, you have Americans who are, who are sort of both sides of this, but a majority of Americans, 59%, say that they're more concerned about the actions of police, and that's playing a, a role here. Uh, and that happens to be more uh, with, with with blacks, with Democrats, also a majority of independents. Republicans are more on the side of the concerns about the protests and, and, and violence. But you can see there's a, there are just so many reasons why uh, why Americans could and do believe that the country's out of control. It's not it's not just one thing. Right. I see that you wrote that by two to one, Americans are more concerned about Floyd's death than they are about some of the violence in the uh, in the protests. And I think what that also indicates is there's a, a much greater sense of uh, the racial injustice, inequities and structural problems that have become evident. And I think it's also complicated by the disproportionate incidence of uh, COVID-19 and deaths among African-American blacks, because it does say, wait a minute. These people are, are, are getting uh, penalized in so many ways as a result of uh, 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 endemic problems that have been built into the system for some time. Now, I know not everyone believes that, but I think that's one of the reasons you see so many more people being concerned about these uh, uh, these deaths and the pattern that they're seeing. Um, it's, it's, it's not a simple problem. Now, beyond the polling data, uh, in the middle of a pandemic, for people to be worried about these things, um, what does that mean about the social movement itself and how important it is in our culture? Well, it is striking that you, uh, as you rightly said, that, that African Americans are, are more 
likely, unfortunately, to be impacted by coronavirus, um, and and we're we're seeing that uh, you know play out in terms of number of deaths, and 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 also when it comes to you know economic circumstances as well. Uh, so in our in our poll, it's it is striking that um, you know African Americans are m- much more worried uh, than Americans overall about catching coronavirus. Seventy five percent, so they're worried about this compared to sixty three percent overall. Yet at the same time, you are seeing uh, these this uh, a social movement uh, and people um, w- wanting to come together and 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 speak out and stand up. Uh, in, in in the face of a, a of a of a pandemic, um, it is also worth noting that when you see um, you, know, you you've seen two kinds of um, of public demonstrations recently. Uh, one are the are 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 those uh, uh, who more on the the right who are asking uh, calling for government to reopen, and in those public uh, gatherings as well as the recent Trump rally. Um, you know, you are not seeing uh, many people wearing masks, and and and, and many of these protests uh, 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 in response to the death of George Floyd, you are, and so mm-hmm. this this is really one of these things where you know those who are protesting, who are marching, are also at the same time taking as many the steps that they can to try to prevent the spread uh, of coronavirus by wearing masks and. Um, you know, the sad reality is this is another place where the country has been divided. Uh, well, where this is uh, divides also based on uh, political lines, right? You're, in your data, uh, how do Republicans feel about wearing masks? It's, it's, it, it is also, it's almost become a political fashion statement or a bumper sticker. You can tell where someone stands when they go out into a public gathering, whether they're wearing a mask or not. So overall, 63% of Americans say that they always wear a mask when they're in a, in a public setting outside. That's 81% for Democrats, uh, and it's just 43% for Republicans. Uh, and so for African Americans, it's 78% uh, who say they always mm-hmm. wear a mask. So these are things where, you know, this is, this is public health, public health guidance. Um, this, this should not be a political debate. And uh, sadly, that's where we are as a country, where public health is now, uh, and, and, it, and, and guidance is now up for debate. Yeah, it's a very sad statement, because as you said, I mean, public health is scientifically based. It has no political uh, orientation. And, and this is a science that we've seen around the world as a means of controlling it. Uh, controlling. So four out of 10 Republicans are wearing masks, eight out of 10 Democrats. So we see a, a real divergence there. Uh, part of the, uh, I think there's at least two components to that, right? One is because uh, they believe they're independent and they won't get sick. Another is just to make a statement about civil liberty. What do you see as the, uh, because we, we also want the economic um, uh, uh, strength of the country to come back. Uh, tell us about that, you know, the likelihood of the economic, of, of the economy coming back based on the data that you see in this recent study. Well, it's a, um, you know, it's a mixed result here. And, and you know, it's interesting that um, the, taking Donald Trump out of the equation here, most chief executives across the country have gotten have seen their numbers improve uh, due to their handling of coronavirus and and, um, and and how they're managing the situation. And I think that most feel that their uh, their executives in their state or local leaders are doing 
are, are you know are are opening their states or local jurisdictions, uh, you know, taking the right approach there. Um, and but there has been an economic impact, and I think what we're seeing here is not only the economic impact now, but you know, in terms of getting things quote back to normal and an economic recovery, there are a lot of Americans of a real discomfort with returning to normal. So mm-hmm. we ask we ask the question here about how comfortable you are with various activities that. Uh, right now have been severely impacted uh, by coronavirus. One was flying an airplane, attending a, a, a public gathering or a large event, or eating at a restaurant. And you have less, um, you, know, you have less than half who are saying they're comfortable with each of these. Just 30% say they're comfortable flying an airplane, 34% attending a public event, uh, you know, large gathering, 45% eating at a restaurant. And so when you think about the economic recovery and what's, what's this going to look like, uh, that is, um, you know, that's a real, a real problem. And, and on top of that, uh, it's not everybody, but those who have children, uh, school-age children at home, uh, you know, 50% of them are uncomfortable with the idea of sending their child to, uh, uh, to uh, daycare or school uh, when school comes back in session in August or, you know, or September in some places. So those are all signs mm-hmm. that um, a return to normal and, and, and economic recovery is going to be a really difficult thing when people don't have confidence and aren't comfortable uh, with the systems that are in place to protect them and their families. Well, you know, I think the, it's interesting the word uncomfortable. I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, and fifty uh, percent uncomfortable. That may mean they still do it. They won't. They are uncomfortable and wary, and certainly uh, expecting the right hygiene practices to be in place. I know that. Uh, we're working here locally with USC, the University of Southern California, as students go back in August. And I dare say people are uncomfortable, but they're also excited about the opportunity to go back. And the, the, uh, the, tell, the telling will be how well they practice all of those uh, uh, hygiene efforts, and that's going to be critical. You know, I'm, I, it's a small point here, but the word uncomfortable may be something we live with for some time to come, given the nature of COVID-19 and how virulent uh, the coronavirus is. Wouldn't you agree? It's going to be with t- us for a while. I would totally agree with that, and I think that's one of the things you know, everyone's trying to figure out what their comfort level is. And, yes, there are things that you do, you may be uncomfortable with them, but um, but you would still um, do them because it's just part of normal life, and there are things we we need to do to uh, to balance between public health and and, um, and 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 the economy and have and quality of life. And again, that's why going back to the the, the public debate about masks is masks is so concerning, is because you know from from public health experts, it's the, the clear guidance we've 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 heard from from nearly the beginning is that. It's how important masks are as a part of our return to any sort of normalcy is we need to make sure we're looking out for each other and our communities. And when uh, so many Americans right now are, are flying in the face of that and refusing to follow public health guidance, how, you know, how in the world are we going to return to normal and have a comfort level when, uh, when the basic practices are not being uh, utilized? You know, I think it's a shame, too, that uh, politics has entered into it, so it becomes a statement uh, for people. If if we were in uh, 2018, you know, and uh, no midterms, passed all of that, I think you would have seen more adherence. Uh, I, I, I don't want to make it too political, but I think the fact that the President of the United States doesn't want to wear a mask sends a statement to his uh, counterparts and his stakeholders. Do you, do you see that in your data in terms of people accepting and appreciative of Trump also being people who, who do not want to wear masks? 
Yes, well, you see that in the in the in the in the Republican uh, versus Democratic numbers. But even among Republicans, uh, we have there are two groups of Republicans we look at: those who identify more with the Republican Party than they do with Donald Trump, and then those who identify more with Donald Trump than the Republican Party. And between those two groups, there's a there you know 47 percent of Republicans who identify more with the party always wear a mask. That's just 38 percent for those who identify more with Donald Trump. And so there is you know there is leadership here. Leadership matters, and um, when you have leadership leadership who is encouraging people to uh, practice public health in a way that protects others, that has one impact. And if you take the other approach, that has another. That's right. Well, that's a good point when you divide those two groups. Uh, do you have any recent data on the candidates and how Biden is, as the presumed Democrat candidate, is doing uh, uh, against uh, President uh, Trump? So in our in our polling, and again, our poll was done right in the middle of sort of a, a pretty tumultuous uh, period of time. We showed a, a seven-point advantage nationally uh, for for Joe Biden. Again, obviously, elections are not national uh, um, are not national mm-hmm. elections; they're done by states. Uh, and since since we have been in the field, there have been surveys which have which have shown a, a larger advantage for Joe Biden nationally and in some battleground states. And again, um, the, the cases in 2016, Hillary Clinton did win the popular vote, and national polls reflected that. Um, but what's I think uh, what's what's concerning I think for 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 Donald Trump and the campaign is that not only are the national polls showing larger advantages than the seven points we sh- we showed at the uh, at the beginning of the month, but in a number of these battleground states that really are going to make the difference, uh, his numbers are below where they were in 2016, where again he won these states with very very thin margins, and so mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. Um, and now being losing those margins could be an indicator, although there's a lot of time between now and November, right? And uh, there, a lot of change. There, there is, place. you know, six months ago, if you thought we would be talking about, um, uh, you know, coronavirus in the way we are now, I don't think anyone would have would have believed you. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, yes, there's plenty of time for, for things to change and for uh, the political landscape to be very different. But uh, at least right now, uh, you know, the showing that the, the, the Donald Trump has a significant disadvantage against Joe Biden. And the other thing is that there are a number of questions in the survey we, we asked in terms of sort of atmospherics, what people are looking for. And majorities are looking for government to do more rather than less, and they're looking for candidates who are looking for compromise and consensus uh, rather than not. And so if you think about who Donald Trump is and, and what he what he wants to do, those are not, um, you know, really uh, aspects of his persona that really fit uh, fit the national mood here. You know, in 2016, uh, he was uniquely qualified in a lot of ways to shake things up across the country. Uh, right now, what the country wants is someone to bring them together, and I think that's a much more challenging uh, proposition for him. It seems that way. Yeah, divisiveness, of course, has always been a, a part of his uh, banter and his uh, his strength. Uh, uh, and now, the, what he obviously wants to do is make sure there's a large enough group of people on his side through that process. But I, I this notion of compromise and moving the country forward, uh, you've been monitoring what people expect and want. Uh, why do you think they're looking for that now? Is is it simply, not simply, but is it, is it uh, the 
driven by a desire for a united effort against COVID-19 and the feeling that the country needs to move through this economically. Is it that deep-seated? Or is it more of an expectation that there's been an absence of leadership and an absence of compromise, and therefore, let's finally see them do something yeah, in I, Congress? Right. No, I think that, um, look, I think that COVID-19, in, in a lot of ways, is sort of a crystallizing moment for people. Um, and the reality was, before this happened, there was not a major crisis uh, that demanded real mm. presidential leadership uh, mm. in a way that we traditionally expect from past presidents, whether it was George W. Bush after 9-11 uh, or Bill Clinton after the Oklahoma City bombing mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Barack Obama after Charleston. Um, there was there, you know, there, there was Charlottesville, which uh, you know, uh, which was not a great moment for for, for Donald Trump. But be, but outside of that, there was not a moment where we need someone who can really bring the country together and and, and call on us for singularly to work together for a common goal. And this is it. And so I mm-hmm. think uh, Americans are seeing this play out in real time. And um, I think for some, what was an appealing. Uh, response to the establishment in 2016 uh, is is not wearing so well when, when we are uh, in a, a nation that is really um, calling for, 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 for working together. You know, it's interesting you would say that. I think in part, Trump believes that uh, calling for economic strength, and he's still using Make America Great Again, uh, I think he feels that's his uh, uh, coalescing uh, battle cry. Any sense in your data that that's worn out and uh, doesn't have the uh, uh, the strength uh, that it did in the previous election? Well, that's that is the one place where it's really striking where he does have uh, staying power, and the economy is a very important component uh, in, in in this election. Uh, you know, we've 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 documented a, a real drop in uh, economic outlook uh, in terms of how people are thinking about the country since. Uh, COVID-19 hit and, and, and the, you know, the, the shutting of the country and how many jobs, mm-hmm. 40 million unemployed. So the economy really has taken a hit. What hasn't is that, um, you know, his standing against Joe Biden, he still um, is perceived as doing better, being able to do, do, do better on the economy than, than Biden. So that is one place where, um, you know, he's still held, held strong there. And I think is a place that, that Biden is going to need to have to uh, have to prop himself up and have to come back with a plan yeah i agree i mean looking at the uh, you know the economic uh, uh strength that we had prior to covid-19 you, you, we all knew that that was a um a, a uh, plank for him to ride on and something to give him strength and uh, very affluent people gained from the tax plan and from his activities and I do know many Republicans who are willing to look the other way for bad behavior and inappropriate tweets and uh, not keeping a, a senior-level team in the cabinet uh, in, in order to see the economic gains. Now, if those slip away, I think their support will also slip away. But we also know that uh, he's going to do everything he can to strengthen the economy, particularly for the segments that uh, uh, he wants to help. I mean, I have you looked at all at... Uh, John Bolton's book. Have you read any of the reviews or the content from that? I I wasn't in the room, but I'm familiar with it. Yes, I have read some of it. Um, so you know he's been trying to gain support. He Trump, right? Uh, Bolton right. Refer, referred to that. 
Right. So no. So he. I mean, he is going to try, as any incumbent would, to try to um, improve the, his his standing and the economy's standing. So that's that's what we will, whether it's uh, domestically or with other countries. Um, and so that's the real, uh, you know, one of the real questions here is that, you know, that there's this one side on, on the economic, uh, you know, who's better able to handle that. And as you mentioned. The other side are some of the you know, some people who maybe maybe voted for him in 2016 wanting to look the other way. So, and, and you know, we we do have this advantage. It's an 11 point advantage for for Donald Trump over Joe Biden on dealing with the economy. Uh, on the other side, on being competent and effective, uh, Biden has a nine point advantage on that. And so, I think those two issues are really uh, potential to drive the election here. Is you know what's more important to you, and who do you, you know, and how do you think? Uh, Biden and Trump can can address both of those uh, uh, characteristics. Dimensions, right, and characteristics. Well, thank you, Jeff. This has been really informative. And I, we will get back to you to see if uh, the 80 percent of Americans say the country is out of control goes down. Hopefully there's a sense of better control. I, I know that at the local level they feel things are good. It's at the national level we don't see a plan and necessarily a leader who's uniting us. But this has been really helpful to get a perspective. And just uh, to remind everyone, we were have been talking with Jeff Horwood, the senior VP at Heart Research Associates. They recently conducted a national survey for NBC News and the Wall Street Journal about Americans' opinions toward the current uh, political and uh, social and economic issues. Thank you, Jeff, for the insights, and we'll have you back on as we get closer to the election and, and hopefully as we see positive change in COVID-19 incidents across the country. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on, and take care. Thank you, Renee. Thank you. So you've been listening to The Deciders with Renee Frazier. Thank you for listening to this show about Americans' attitudes toward the current leadership and how we're doing as a country. Eighty percent people feeling that we're out of control is discouraging and disheartening as business owners and entrepreneurs. We try to control our own businesses as best we can. Thank you all for listening to the data, and I hope it helps as you guide your business. As you know, Fraser Communications is a full-service advertising and communications firm. You can contact us for information about Fraser at FraserCommunications.com. And listen to The Deciders next Saturday. This is Renee Fraser at The Deciders. Have a great week ahead. This is a message from Dr. Barbara Ferrer of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. When you're with others who are not from your household, wear a cloth face covering. Always make sure your hands are clean before and after you touch your face covering. And wear a clean cloth face covering every day. Learn more at publichealth.lacounty.gov. To learn more about how you can protect yourself from COVID-19, go to publichealth.lacounty.gov. Brought to you by the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. This show is pre-recorded and furnished by Frazier Productions. 